0: Good morning and welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I am Brenna Thompson, registered and licensed dietitian, and this show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in nutrition education and counseling. Each week we bring you up-to-date research on how food can help or hurt your body. For new listeners, Nutritional Weight and Wellness has seven offices spread across the Minnesota Twin Cities metro area. Each office is staffed with registered dietitians and licensed nutritionists who really know their stuff. Joining me today from the Eden Prairie office is Carolyn Hudson, registered and licensed uh, dietitian. Good morning, Carolyn.
1: Good morning, Brenna. You know, it's really getting close to the time for kids and teens to be heading back to school, which, of course, also means that it's time for school sports to begin. As I've been watching the Olympics, you know, I'm totally totally amazed at the strength, the skill, the dedication of these young athletes and the amount of stress that they place on their bodies. It is pretty incredible.
0: So, um, you know, we really, not only are they just placing stress on their bodies, but they are putting a lot of stress on their bones. And we know that building strong bones is important.
1: Yeah, Brenna, you know, actually, I, I heard through the grapevine that this is an area that you've actually had some experience with. Well, unfortunately, yes, it
0: is. And I kind of want to share some of that story with our listeners today. And maybe you are no longer a teen or even a young woman. But if you have osteopenia, osteoporosis, or a history of broken bones, you will probably still find today's show applicable for yourself, And if you want even more information, particularly just around osteoporosis, then I would encourage our listeners to go to our website, weightandwellness.com. Or you can also download our app onto your smartphone so that you can listen to older shows. I think we have them back from 2014 on the app. Yeah. So we cover nutrition specific to osteoporosis, but many other disease states as well. And perhaps you're wondering just how important nutrition is for teen bone health.
1: Well, I'd like to fill our listeners in on that. Actually, during childhood and adolescence, uh, we build a lot of our bone uh, tissue. Actually, up to 90% of our peak bone mass is acquired or Built during the age before age eighteen, so eighteen for girls and twenty for boy, boys, and this bone keeps growing until about age thirty. After that, women's bone density slightly starts to decline uh, until about uh, until she reaches menopause. It's about maybe one percent a year, and then after menop- 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 sorry, ugh. after menopause it really declines a lot faster, like at 2 to
0: 3% per year. And girls and boys need to build strong bones as teens so that they can have strong bones and bodies when they get older. But it's probably not something that they
1: are really thinking about or concerned with as a teenager. Yeah, there are really many aspects, nutrition aspects, that help us build strong bones. But staying physically active is also very important. Studies have shown that girls who are physically active build greater bone density than girls who are sedentary. Uh, This is true for women also as we get older. Uh, We need to keep moving to keep our bodies and bones strong. I stay active by riding my bike, walking, kayaking. In the winter, I cross-country ski or snowshoe. But, Brenna, could exercise actually cause a young woman to develop weak bones? Well, in a roundabout way, yes,
0: it can. And this is what happened to me. When I was in junior and senior high school, so when I, fir- I first started running when I was in seventh grade, I really didn't have like great hand-eye coordination. So it was one of those where I was like, all right, run down a track, turn left, and keep going. <laughs> but then, so I ran track in seventh grade, and then I ran again in eighth grade. But something happened that year. While I was running, my shins started to hurt. So that's kind of that front part of your lower leg. And my coaches told me that it was just shin splints, that this happens to a lot of runners. And I would ice my shins after practice and just run through the pain. I vividly remember limping through my last race that spring in eighth grade and just being in tears before the race even started and then sitting in the bleachers the rest of the night with just ice packs all around my legs because I was in so much pain.
1: Wow, that is some serious pain. And I really heard uh, and remember back in high school a lot of my uh, friends actually talking about shin splints. Yes, and it was
0: incredibly painful and I had hoped to join the summer running club and then get ready for my freshman year of cross country. But I joined the club and was talking with our high school coach and it was just like, I couldn't handle running. It was too painful. So I just, I took the summer off and waited until the following spring when my legs had healed and I decided to go out for track as a freshman. Now it was running track, did pretty good that year, but wouldn't you know it, Late in the season, my shins started oh, to hurt of again. Course. Of course, yeah. it's like, and I knew that pain, and I thought, "Oh, here we go again." But being in ninth grade, there were we had actual um, athletic trainers at the high school, and so again, they were we were trying to do some massage and trying to do some other strength building things um, to just get the muscles in my lower legs to be stronger and reduce the inflammation. But it would not go away, and I was limping horribly when I would try and run. So finally they said, you know, I think you should go see your doctor about this and my doctor said, "Well, let's take an x-ray and an MRI." And wouldn't wow, you know that's it? Serious. <laughs> this is serious, yeah. So I went in for the MRI and the screen just kind of lit up and you could see this stress fracture. Oh, wow. Through my leg, but not only that, but you could see where I had had a stress fracture in my other leg from when I was in 8th grade. You could see where those had healed
1: over. Wow. So they were really stress fractures, not, not just, just shin, shin splints. splints. Yes. So the shin splints, what, they they developed into stress factors? I'm fractures? not I haven't ever
0: quite figured that part out as to whether I ever actually had shin splints or if it was just the stress fracture forming. Um but what happened so that summer I was put in one of these you'll see people walking around with like those big black or gray boot things. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I was stuck in that for about 6 weeks during the summer and let it heal and started running again over the summer, went out for cross country, ran track and wouldn't you know it, shin started to hurt again. Wow. Yes. So and by this point I kind of thought, you know, I bet this is another stress fracture. So, talked to my doctor and he said, "Well, let's not worry about doing another MRI. They're expensive." And so we just put the boot back on, waited 6 weeks. And then again, I think I had another stress fracture within another year.
1: Wow. So, wow. So, this <laughs> is really important to bone health. It is really
0: important to bone health, and nobody at that time told me that my nutrition was playing a role in my bone health.
1: Well, just so our listeners understand, the inflammation of the shins can become inflammation of the bones underneath. Yes, it absolutely can. So if bone formation hasn't been adequate, there isn't enough built up, then the stress fractures can actually form. Yes, and shin splints
0: is just a fancy term, meaning inflammation of the soft tissues that run up and down the front of your lower leg or your shin. And in my case, what may have started out as shin splints, because I I have a feeling there was a little bit of that going on. Mm -hmm.
1: It makes sense to me. Shin splints then develop into, you know, those fractures. Uh, The problem is the symptoms of the shin splints are very
0: similar to... The symptoms of the stress fracture. And later on, I think the stress fracture just developed and I I could just start to tell by the way I was running that that's what was happening.
1: Okay, so I think we're almost time for our first break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some nutrition recommendations uh, for uh, shin splints and, well, actually, for, More for, bone bone health. for bone health, because that's our topic today, uh, bone health uh, for nutri- for uh, teens and young adults. So if you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition right now, and have you been thinking about eating better? Maybe you've contemplated giving up processed foods, and you want to lose some weight but just haven't found the time to really make changes, then sign up for our Nutrition for Weight Loss series. Our nutritionists and uh, nutrition educators will teach you how to eat real foods in balance so you can lose weight and keep it off. We're still offering $75 off uh, this final summer series that starts this week. When and when we come back, Brenna will have the dates and locations for you. But if you have food or nutrition questions, please give us a call at the studio 651-641-1071. Welcome back to Dishing
0: Up Nutrition. I'm Brenna Thompson, registered and licensed dietitian. Before break, Carolyn mentioned that this week Nutritional Weight and Wellness will be starting its final nutrition for weight loss series for the summer. And that includes the $75 discount. Classes start at 7 p.m. in the Wayzata office on August 23rd. St. Paul and Lakeville will be starting on the 24th, and Mendota Heights on the 25th. There's also going to be a noon class starting in St. Paul on the 26th. So to sign up, call the office at 651-699-3438, or you can also register for classes online at weightandwellness.com. Everything spelled out. So today's topic... We're talking about teen bone health, and before our first break there, I was kind of giving a little bit of my story about how between junior high and high school, I actually had uh, somewhere between four and five stress fractures yeah, in my it's, tibia.
1: It's a really good time to be talking about this because school sports are starting up, and school's going to be here before you know it. So. And we want to have strong, healthy athletes. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And this past year, a young athlete came to me. Nicole came to our Maple Grove office because of severe shin splints from gymnastics. And all of the sprinting and jumping was taking a toll on her legs. And she was in a lot of pain. And I could really relate to her with this. And an MRI had shown that she did not yet have a stress fracture. But you could see the swelling and inflammation of the soft tissues in her legs.
1: So what kinds of nutrition recommendations did you uh, make for Nicole to help her reduce that inflammation and prevent her from developing those stress factors or maybe even the shin splints? Well, like many teens, Nicole loves sugar and processed carbs. (laughs) Yes.
0: I encouraged her to cut out chips, crackers, pretzels, and candy because these high-carb, high-sugar foods create inflammation. And I had her focus on including plenty of real fats and proteins at her meals and snacks. For breakfast, her mom, who is an avid Dishing Up Nutrition listener as well as a client, her mom (laughs) knew what to do and really has been integral in helping Nicole make these changes. So in the morning, her mom helps her make the nutritional weight and wellness smoothie with whey protein in it. And you can find that recipe also on our website, weightandwellness.com. dot com. Her mom also helps her pack a big salad with grilled chicken for her school lunch instead of, you know, just having chips and a soda or yeah, just, or just the salad. Yeah, Boy, I hear
1: a lot of uh, girls, young teens, um, foregoing that protein, protein.
0: So and they just know. eat it or yeah. they. Eat, Forgo the dressing on there, Ugh. so they're not getting protein or fat.
1: Yeah, so teens really do need the support of their parents to help them, you know, with diet changes and to make sure that those all those foods are in the house. We also know though that these high sugar, uh, high fructose corn syrup are nutrient depleters, so they draw things out from the bone and don't even allow the teens to be building that bone mass. So those high-sugar foods, they deplete the body of vitamins and minerals.
0: And another analogy to this is to think of sugar as a bone robber. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, it's a bone robber. It sneaks in and it steals calcium and magnesium away from your bones. If you want your teen to develop strong bones, encourage her to avoid sugar. Replace those sweet treats and those processed carbs with fruits and replace the pretzels and the chips with veggies and dip.
1: Yeah, two very popular high sugar bone robbers are what? Soda. And then I see a lot of teens with those mochas or frappes or, uh, you yes, know, the fancy the, coffee those drinks. Fancy coffee drinks. So parents really often tell me that their teens' Frequently request soda or mochas after school. And I think they will have uh, some stronger uh, reasons to say no to their teens when they hear the results from a study called the Framingham study. They did an osteoporosis um, uh, investigation that showed that women who drank soda daily actually have lower bone density compared to women who drank less than one soda every month. That's quite a difference.
0: Yeah. You know, maybe having a soda once a month is one thing, but when people are drinking it daily, that is a real bone robber. If you or your daughter is drinking soda or other high-sugar beverages, such as
1: juice... Oh, yeah, juice. That's another one I see them drinking a lot. Yes, People think, I don't drink soda. I drink juice. Oh, I, oh, it's a naked juice or <laughs> whatever. Yes. You no, know, it's a real juice. It's
0: <laughs> a smoothie juice. And yeah. I go, it has just as much sugar in it, ounce for ounce, mm-hmm. as a soda. Or sports drinks. Oh, yeah, sports drinks. I see those out on the field Lots all of sugar. the time. Yes mochas, the fancy coffee drinks. Consider replacing these drinks with sparkling water, maybe a kombucha, or even one of the stevia sweetened sodas that are on the market. Yeah,
1: some of those are really good. Yes. So I'm really curious, Brenna, despite wearing fancy shoes and orthotics for a while, why did you keep developing stress fractures in your legs? Were you by chance a soda drinker? I was not a frequent soda drinker. My mom.
0: No. Actually, my mom had been um, very kind of health conscious for many, many years. So she rarely let it in the house. I now know that the real reason I struggled with weak bones was because I wasn't eating enough. I wasn't eating enough fat. I wasn't eating enough protein and I wasn't eating enough calories for how active I was. I wasn't under eating on purpose. I just didn't know what I know now. And thinking back, I do remember being hungry at school a lot because I didn't pack balanced meals or snacks. And as a teen, it was one of those where I find this a lot with teens where they go, yeah, I'm hungry, but you just don't do anything about
1: it. Yeah. Or they don't know what to eat, so they just don't eat. Yeah, that is really interesting because I really think a lot of people under-eat in their teenage years, especially the girls. Yes. And they seem to also have that fat phobia thing, you know, that, you know, as dietitians, we know how important it is for teens and young adults and even older women to get enough protein and fat in order to build strong bones and to keep strong bones in, you know, as you age. That you know, that might actually be a new concept for some of our listeners. I think that is a new concept for a lot of our listeners. That we actually need protein and fat to build strong bones and to maintain them. You know, women, young women and old women need to get out of that dieting and that low fat mindset and eat enough food to support
0: their bodies. Growing up. I rarely included protein in my breakfast. Most of the time, it was a toaster strudel or a bowl of cereal or a bagel. And oftentimes, I didn't really have much protein at lunch either. I never had any fat or protein at my snacks. Oftentimes, it was just an apple or maybe a few cinnamon rice cakes. And I noticed during our break, we have a new um advertisement for nutritional weight and wellness <laughs> talking about cardboard rice yes. cakes. <laughs> yeah, And I tracked a day of what I used to eat in high school. I probably didn't eat more than 50 grams of fat most days and probably didn't eat more than maybe 70 grams of protein, neither of which is enough to support an athletic growing body. I was also under eating by at least 500 calories or more each day.
1: So I guess it really boils down to the fact that lack of protein, lack of fat, and lack of calories was really, really stressful for your body and particularly your bones.
0: Incredibly stressful. Now, I think it's probably about time to go to our second break here. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We want to let all of our female listeners know that coming up on September 10th in the St. Paul office is the very popular menopause seminar. If you are struggling with hot flashes, insomnia, weight gain, and mood swings, this one-day class is a must for you. To sign up, call the office at 651-699-3438. If you have questions for us today, call the studio at 651-641-1071. But when we come back from break, Carolyn and I will give a short snippet of how an old study about cats and their diet actually relates to your bone health.
1: Well, welcome welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Carolyn Hudson, registered dietitian, and today's topic is all on teen and young adult bone health. I bet our listeners would never guess that an old story about cats, whole, this was actually a study, can teach us something important about our diet and bone health. Well, probably not, but as a kitty mama,
0: I know that what I feed Samoa is very important to keeping her healthy. Starting in 1932, Francis Pottinger studied the effects of different diets on
1: cats and the health of their offspring. Yeah, Dr. Pottinger found that after just two generations of feeding cats a diet rich in whole milk, uh, those cats were the healthiest. While ca- cats that were fed more processed food, uh, their bones became brittle, rubbery, and easily fractured after just two generations. We may not be cats, but what Dr.
0: Pottinger has taught us is that we need to eat diets that are nutrient-dense and not processed in order to support our bone health. Now, without quality protein and enough of it, your bones will suffer later in life. We do need that protein for good bone health. And they will become brittle just like Pottinger's cat's. Now, if you are worried about your bone health or your child's bone health, then make an appointment with a dietitian at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. To schedule an appointment, call 651-699-3438. If you have questions for me or Carolyn today, give us a call in the studio at 651-641-1071. Now, speaking of protein and real foods, just kind of giving a recap, when I was in high school... Lot of stress fractures. I was not eating protein, not eating fat, and not eating enough of anything. Yeah, not eating enough food. Just not eating enough food. Not eating enough real food. And it didn't allow me to build strong bones due to this lack of nutrients. But it also didn't let me build enough estrogen or progesterone, both of which are important for bone formation.
1: Yeah, I'm sure many menopausal and postmenopausal women know how important estrogen and progesterone, which of course are hormones. These are really important to maintaining strong bones, but I don't think we associate it with um with actually building those bones. So, um, you know, how did you find out that you were not making enough estrogen or progesterone, Brenna? Well, my doctor finally asked a few questions about my menstrual cycle, which was
0: pretty much non-existent or MIA. And at the age of 16, I had only had two periods at that point, and it was during times when I was not running, when I was injured because yeah, I well, that makes sense. wasn't right. running and yeah. running off all that energy. My body simply wasn't receiving the nutrients, the proteins, the fats, the calories that it needed to make progesterone
1: or estrogen. So as women, we really do need to eat enough. We need to eat enough carbohydrate, enough protein, and enough fat in order to have healthy levels of these hormones, estrogen and progesterone. Particularly, we need to eat enough fat, good fats like olive oil, butter, you know, f- full fat dairy. All of these are really, really good fats. We need about 14 grams at least at meals and maybe a little bit less, around 10 grams um, at snacks. So that would be like, A little more than the 14 grams would be a little more than two teaspoons of butter or olive oil. It's about a tablespoon. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, 10 grams, then that would be like two tablespoons of peanut butter Mm -hmm. at a snack or a half of avocado. That would be great. Yes. Love the avocados. So, you know, we see women in our offices so often that want to lose weight or reach and maintain sometimes quite unrealistic weights. So we tell them that eating the low-fat weight actually sets them up for weak bones and is really, really bad for future fertility. And I think it's
0: also just seeing that in the past, maybe now they're saying, you know, I'm not concerned about my weight. I'm just concerned about my health. But we look at their history of the chronic dieting, and that just never allowed them to build the bones that they needed. And I was under eating and I was deficient and I had developed what's called the female athlete triad. Another name that people might see floating around there is something called hypothalamic amenorrhea, just meaning your body is not allowing you to have your period. Right. So So this is when a woman is not eating enough to support her activity level. And this sends an SOS message to her body, and it tells her body to shut down the production of unnecessary processes, particularly particularly the process of making hormones. Yeah. You
1: know, our bodies are pretty darn smart. It's so. like,
0: if you're not feeding me enough to do what you're doing right now, then essentially what it's saying is you're not eating enough to make a baby.
1: Right, right. So yep. without adequate estrogen and progesterone, Adequate calcium cannot be deposited into our bones. Cannot be built, our bones can't build and become strong. Uh, that creates weak bones. I recently read a book called Roar,
0: R-O-A-R, by Stacy Sims, who has a doctorate in exercise, physiology, and nutrition science. And I have to say this is probably one of the best books I've read recently.
1: Wow, I haven't even heard of it yet. I will (laughs) lend it to you. Okay, thank you. Uh, But she
0: works with active women of all ages. And in her book, she stresses the importance of eating enough. What really struck home for me was her statement that stress fractures indicate serious hormone imbalances and that this is even holds true if a woman is still having regularly occurring menstrual cycles. Oh, how interesting is that? It is super interesting.
1: Yeah, listeners really might be wondering, why is this? Well, fat, especially saturated fat, is a building block for hormones. A diet too low in fat means that A body cannot produce adequate progesterone or estrogen. This is one reason why at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we encourage clients to add one to two tablespoons of healthy fat to every meal and snack. So again, those healthy fats are butter, olive oil, cream cheese, avocados, nuts, seeds, all our healthy fats, so and I think Brenna already mentioned this once in our fertility class, we tell them to add 14 grams of fat to every meal and snack. Plenty of fats. And I have to say, I usually,
0: you know, anybody who's been in a class with me knows my favorite healthy fat is mayonnaise. <laughs> but I think I might have found a close contender this past okay, week. Okay, what? It's the, I, we had some friends over for tacos the other night and taco salads, and one of them is severely lactose intolerant. So I found this Green Valley lactose-free sour cream. Wow. All right. Now, before that, I was a pretty diehard fan of just like the daisy sour cream. Mm -hmm. Like That's some good stuff. This sour cream is so thick from Green Valley, you practically have to spread it on with a knife. Wow. Did you get that like at the co-op? No, I just found it at Byerly's. Wow. I'll have to look for that one. It's delicious. So a lack of overall calories will also cause a lack of estrogen and progesterone. But it also causes a rise in the stress hormone cortisol and excess cortisol breaks down our bone.
1: So this means that a lack of fat coupled with a lack of overall calories leads to low hormone levels. So your body, you know, cannot deposit or put that calcium into your bones, but the high cortisol also breaks down the bone tissue that you have. It's kind of a double-edged sword there. So just,
0: or maybe a triple-edged sword because we're not eating enough. So we're not getting enough of the minerals that we need. Mm -hmm. Maybe we've got bone robbers on top of it, like soda and mochas, Mm -hmm. low fat, low low protein, not making hormones. And then the hormone that you are making, this cortisol is also a bone robber. And it's just, it's a mess, just a total mess. Yeah. And no amount of calcium supplementation is going to fix this problem. The answer is to eat enough protein, eat enough fat, and eat enough
1: carbohydrates. So I bet listeners are wondering what counts as enough. What's enough, Brenna? What's enough? So often
0: we hear, don't eat too much. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And especially teen girls. Right. But here at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we are eat enough. And teens and athletes in general need one to one and a half grams of protein per pound of body weight. And that typically means eating about four ounces of cooked meat at meals and about two ounces of cooked meat at snacks. Or maybe something like half a cup of yogurt or half a cup of cottage cheese. Those would be kind of that two ounce Mm -hmm. equivalent there, which is much more than what most people are eating.
1: Yeah, you know, like every time uh, we started nutrition for weight loss class. What are the what do our clients tell us? I've never eaten this much. I've never eaten this much in my life. How can I be losing weight if I'm eating all the time? I'm just thinking about food and I'm eating the food and but wow, what happens? They're, they are losing weight.
0: And right? they feel better and they have more energy, which I remember when I was in high school of by mid morning just feeling fatigued, and I couldn't concentrate. And by the end of the day, I couldn't concentrate. And I think we
1: have to go to break. Yeah, it's time for break number three, our last break. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Today's topic has been all about teen bone health. As we've been discussing eating enough real protein, fat, and carbohydrates it is those are essential to building strong bones. And when we come back from break, we'll hear a little bit more about Brenna's story and we'll have more information about helping your teen maximize their nutrition for to support their sports performance. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Brenna
0: Thompson, registered and licensed dietitian. Today's topic: Teen Bone Health. Fifteen years ago, I was a teen athlete with very poor bone health. Five tibial stress fractures by the time I was 16, which is a lot.
1: Yeah, you know, as a mom, I can only imagine how worried your mother must have been about the future of your bone health. And, you know, what did your parents think and what were their concerns during all of this?
0: Well, last week, I was down in Iowa, and I had a chance to talk to my mom, and surprisingly, she wasn't that worried, which I found slightly intriguing. But during our conversation, she just talked about how determined I was to keep running. But I also think back to the fact that no doctor ever looked at me and said, you know, Brenna, maybe running isn't really a sport you should be doing. Uh, No doctor is even ever addressed my nutrition or what I was eating.
1: Oh, that's so sad.
0: (laughs) It is. It's really sad. And part of it is the fact that I think 15 years ago, we didn't know what we know now about the female athlete triad or hypothalamic amenorrhea. We kind of knew the cause, but nobody was really treating it. Yeah. It just, it wasn't happening. And... So I don't think there's really anybody to blame. It's just that's how it was. And now I know better. And anytime I have the opportunity to talk with young girls, I just I stress on them the importance of their nutrition and of eating enough, enough fats and enough protein. And I also just think of the fact that those the low fat diet that had been recommended to my mom for so many years Mm -hmm. and. You know, I can't say that we were like a fat-free household. I mean, we had peanut butter, and we might sometimes have some cream cheese, but it. it a lot of our products were still fairly low-fat, fat-free. Mm-hmm. I mean, su- it was certainly going to be skim milk and fat-free yogurt, yeah, um, yeah. but it's like that kind of eating set me up for hormone imbalances and for weak bones, and my mom has also had several
1: fractures, so... I don't think that it did her bones a whole lot of good either. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if you're a parent of a teen and they're struggling with, you know, it could be irregular menstrual cycles, broken bones, stress fractures, chronic pain, anything like that, you please come schedule an appointment with us at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Our nutritionists can help you learn. How to make your diet, um, how to make some changes to your diet that will support your bodies and will support, you know, the sports performance that your teen likes, uh, and wants. So to schedule an appointment, please call us at 651-699-3438. Now, Brenna, it looks like we have a caller. Here. All right, let's Jill. take that call. She has a question about pro bono, I, I believe. Okay. Jill welcome uh yes i am a 51 year old postmenopausal woman wanting to ward off osteoporosis and so i was doing a little research on on the pro bono that you sell um and it said i just saw yesterday it has ipri i'm probably mispronouncing that but it says it's an estrogen like compound derived from soy and i thought that soy was something that uh you're supposed to avoid because it messes with your hormones. So if you could comment, comment on that and I'll hang up and listen. That is a really
0: good and complicated question. Oftentimes if people are eating a lot of soy particular, so in the United States, we would probably tend to do a lot of soy milk or maybe some fake meat products. And when we're eating soy and those kinds of quantities, that can really throw off our hormone balance. The isoflavones are that are extracted from the soy, when we're having those in just kind of smaller quantities, that can kind of help rebalance hormones. Yeah. Promote kind of- the balance of the hormones, yeah. Promote more of a balance versus creating a huge imbalance. So I believe that's part of the reason why those are included in there. Mm-hmm.
1: And I know from my experience, um, some of the the women uh, and some of them are are older than than you are, uh, Jill. They have had really, really good luck with Pro Bono. They've actually yeah. built bone mass. So they've done you know some bone density tests before and then after, and they're able to build bone mass. So we really like that product.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, before break, we were talking about making sure that we had enough protein and enough fat. I think Jill yeah. went off air. Yeah, she did. Okay. Yeah, she did. Okay. So. Um, To create that mesh needed for calcium and other minerals to stick to.
1: Yeah, so sending your teen out the door with a breakfast that has some protein. So maybe try some scrambled eggs cooked in butter, wrap it in a nice uh, tortilla and add some cheese to that. That's a really easy way to get them to eat more protein and healthy fat. Carbohydrates seem to be pretty easy
0: for teens to get enough of, but we want most of those carbs to come from fruits, leafy green vegetables and starches like potatoes, and peas and carrots, and some whole grains
1: like rice,
0: quinoa, oats.
1: So, yeah, even if those things are not your favorite yet, moms, daughters, they need to eat their greens. Actually, the Harvard Nurses Study showed uh, a 50% uh, reduced risk of hip fractures simply by eating one serving of leafy green vegetables every single day. So, Kale might not be your thing, but kale, you know, nice leafy green, spinach, broccoli, cabbage. Those are all really good examples. Well, and my favorite way to eat my broccoli is
0: in broccoli salad because, of course, it has mayonnaise in it.
1: Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yes.
0: (laughs) And you can find a great recipe for one on our website, weightandwellness.com.
1: So, yeah, you know, Brenna... I found a new mayonnaise. Did you? At Costco the other day. Oh, my goodness. What is it? Avocado oil.
0: Oh, is it the Primal Mayo?
1: I I don't know the name of it. (laughs) But, oh, I just, I went, oh, I got to buy this and and try it out. So I haven't actually tasted it yet. But I know it's going to be really good. And you're probably going to really love it. I will probably eat it up. (laughs) So we really hope uh, today's show gives you some practical tips on helping your teen build strong bones. But let's recap a few points. First, you've got to stop eating those uh, high-processed, sugary candies and sodas. And please stop drinking juice. Those are bone robbers, and they steal minerals out of your bone tissue. And second, we want people to
0: stay active. Even if your teen does not participate in an organized sport, <clears throat> excuse me, encourage them to get outside, go for walks, play frisbee, basketball or tennis. Weight-bearing activity helps stimulate bone growth.
1: Especially if your teen is really, really active, make sure they are eating enough protein, fat and overall calories. This will support their hormone production, which is crucial to bone formation. If you enjoyed today's show, please tell
0: all of your friends and family. Spread the word about how eating real foods in balance can change their life. Tune in next week to hear Joanne and Cassie talk about the connection between your aching feet and what you eat. We hope that everybody has a great weekend and stay dry here today. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a fall day, isn't it? It is feeling like that. But have a great rest of your weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Product statements have not been evaluated by the FDA.